and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Esports Now Network. I am Jared. He is Kevin. Kevin, it is a Lion Eye week. They're fighting a Lion Eye. They're off to Champaign. Uh, Penn State is to take on Illinois for the first time since 2021. Um, and if you don't remember that matchup, it's probably for the best. That was a nine overtime game that has set college football back so far that it still hasn't recovered. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, the last time Penn State played Illinois, I was traveling for my bachelor party. I was at the Formula One Grand Prix in Texas for that one, and uh, I happened to be traveling this weekend, too. So, Are you saying that this uh, that's not a good sign? I'm hoping the jinx is not on. I'm hoping this is not. Being a Pittsburgh sports fan, I know all about being stupid superstitious, and uh, my superstition fear this week is... Uh, Man, I really don't expect it to be that way, but I man, I hope they don't lose this weekend because I'm I'm just never gonna be able to travel on Illinois week anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And that game went nine overtimes. Since then, though, Brett Bielema has taken over. It's a much different program than what it was back then. However, Penn State's on the road for the for to start the Big Ten. Um, for the first time in, well, since last year, uh, as they do what seems to be every year. You know, James Franklin has been there 10 years, and I think he started at home only once in the Big Ten slate. And, you know, that is what it is. And he was kind of in jest about, hey, maybe we should just tell the Big Ten that we want to start on the road at the press at his press conference on Tuesday. But I think the way that things have been going for the New Lions, they set up pretty nicely. Um, against the Illini. The Illini are going to be having an orange out. So if you're a fan of the of orange, it, it, you're not going to be out hunting and around other hunters, but it will be a football game in Champaign, Illinois, actually. Yeah, and I don't think opening on the road against Illinois is the same as opening on the road against Iowa or Purdue. Um, if you remember last year, Penn State went on the road to Auburn for an orange out, and that game ended 41-12. to so Penn State's probably not too afraid of the actual orange out. Champaign, Illinois, isn't known to be the most raucous crowd out there. Um, and this Illinois team, they needed a last-second field goal to beat Toledo. Uh, they also had a prayer on fourth and four. Altmeyer just chucked it up for like 30 yards. And I mean, the most prayer of prayer balls that you could have on fourth and four. Uh, if you're the coach on the side, if you're Brent Bielma on the sideline, you probably are like, oh, crap, he just threw that on fourth and four. That's how they beat Toledo. And then they absolutely got gashed by Kansas last week. So I I hate that they're opening on the road again for the Big Ten. But, um, yeah, hopefully next year they change that trend. Yeah, that, that would certainly be nice. But, you know, you look at. You look at the body of work for Illinois. I, I think Penn State is the in, in, is the heavy favorite and deservedly so. Penn, the the Illinois defense is is giving up a crap load of points. They've given up thirty and thirty four points, um, in each game, and they're letting up a ton of of yards too. And I think that's that's an issue, um, for them of course. But Penn State is is really turning it on on offense. They played really really well against Delaware. I understand it's an FCS team, but outside of one play, that was about as dominant of a performance as you could have. Um, and you look at kind of the body of work for Penn State. Drew Aller has completed 43 of 55 passes um, with 78.2 completion percentage. So he's not missing very often. And 
it's just one of those situations where, hey, if you can stop Altmeyer, I think that's going to be your your big guy. If you can stop Luke Altmeyer, Penn State should be in really good shape. Yeah, and Altmeyer is kind of like a Garrett Green type. It's when I was watching their uh, game against Illinois, just or uh, when I was watching their game against Kansas just a little bit ago, he's got some athleticism to him. Um, kind of reminded me of that Penn State's pass rush. We'll see if they've learned to stay in their lanes, kind of help contain him a little bit better. Uh, he's going to try to get the ball downfield. He's going to try to get the ball to, um, I believe his name is Isaiah Williams, uh, their star wide receiver. But he, Altmyer's their leading passer and their leading rusher. And um, you mentioned Kansas, or you mentioned their defense giving up a lot of yards against Kansas, 539 total yards, 277 through the air, 262 through the ground. So Penn State has shown that they can both run and pass, and I think they'll be able to do whatever the heck they want. Um, if they learn anything from the West, from the Kansas matchup, um, spread them out and run them. Um, I think we could see the Lion formation again, um, but I'm also game with just seeing Bo Pabrula in there for I don't know, second and five and get a speed option or just to design QB run or I mean, he's shown that he's thrown it. He can throw it as well. So I think they've set up the ripples the last two weeks and they can start pulling out some ripples against Illinois. They don't need to pull out every stop. Um, I don't think this game is going to be entirely that competitive, but there's going to be some opportunities. Kansas gave a really good blue, blueprint about how to beat Illinois and Jalen Daniels is a really good quarterback for Kansas, but I don't think the rest of the team is that good around them. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing, too. The, the Illinois offense has not really done much of anything this year. You know, just breaking things down statistically, Altmyer's averaging 204 yards a game, three touchdowns, three interceptions. That's an issue. Um, their leading rusher currently is Reggie Love the third, 20 rushes for 108 yards or 54 yards per game. You know, if if, if they're just able to, to kind of come in and, and do their job, I think it's going to be a great situation. It, it's... Saturday, it's going to be an 11 a.m. start um, because they're in the central time zone. Just come out, play ball, and, and do your job. And I, I think that that will be a really good thing for them moving forward. If they're able to do that, I don't think this is going to be a problem. Um, I think James Franklin is a better coach than Bielema. I, I do think that, you know, the hype surrounding Illinois after last year was was warranted. What Bielema did in year one was, I think, very impressive. But I think now it's that that first year shine has kind of rubbed off. And now it's all right. Now, welcome to the Big Ten grind. Let's see what you got. And, you know, we're going to find out on Saturday. Yeah. And, you know, better coach for James Franklin and better roster as well. Uh, you mentioned the noon noon game. It is on Fox in case you haven't in case you don't know that. Uh, but it is Illinois' first noon game of the year. They played. Uh, they opened up a Saturday night against Toledo, and then it was uh, Friday night last week in Kansas. So their first time playing at a noon game, and it happens to be 11 a.m. Central time for them. So could be a little bit groggy, and Illinois did not come out well against either team. They were down, I think, 21 nothing to Kansas and then 28-7 to at the half. So Penn State is an opportunity to get out and run and real quick. Um, and this could be, I mean, this could be 28 nothing at halftime. Yeah, I think this is this has all the makings of a blowout. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how Penn State comes out. But this is Big Ten play now. I think you're going to see a little bit more of an open playbook, but I still think it's going to be pretty reserved. 
because after this, you've got Iowa, and then you're on the road against Northwestern. Um, Northwestern is very clearly in the midst of a tire fire, though not nearly as bad as Big Ten East foe Michigan State. And we'll talk about that later. Um, but you know, you've got some you got some dogs coming up, plus the bye week too. So there's there's a lot going on for for Penn State at the moment. Yeah, there certainly is. So we'll see uh how Saturday goes and we'll go from there. But we'll talk a little bit more about Penn State and their performance to date when we come back from this break on the Lashing Out podcast on the Esports Now Network. Welcome back to the second segment of the Lashing Out podcast on the Esports Now Network. I'm Jared. He's Kevin. Kevin. Who won last week between you and I? Uh, you did. Uh, I boldly went to Penn State would force five turnovers last week. They forced two, and you said three. So uh, advantage Jared Brugar last week, but I do believe I won week one. So we're even. All, t- all tied up. Very we're good. Even. Now, this week is going to be a little bit different. Now it's Big Ten play. You know, things should should be happening. But I think the beauty of this right now for Penn State is the fact that Penn State's playing consistent football. They're they're getting it in all three phases of the game. They're actually that's not true. They're getting it in two out of the three phases. I think it was a little bit better Saturday for for special teams, um, which is good. It was a pretty good get right game. Um, but you know, you you kind of look at things for for Penn State and and they're in really good shape when it comes to offensive and defensive game plans. And and that's really the, the big thing for them right now, because if they're not in good shape, then this is the makings of a whole different outcome. Yeah. And if they're in shape, I got a good proposition for you this week. We'll do a good prop bet this week. Oh. Longest, longest run of the season. We can do score prediction as well, but the wager this week will be a prop bet. Longest run of the season so far is 20 yards by Trey Potts. Katron Allen has a 17, Nick Singleton a 14, and our boy Bo Perbula has an 18. Longest rush of the day on Saturday by a Penn State running back. Running back. I'll give you the first pick. 68 yards. Oh, we're we're picking the the yardage. Yeah, I said longest run. Oh, I thought you. I thought we were talking about the who who is going to be doing the run no the longest run by a penning penn state running back will be at least 68 yards i'm going to say under Closest, 50 yards under 50 yes all right i i think this this line has the ability to move some people illinois has shown somewhat some capability and some Ability to potentially stop the run at times, but I think Penn State. Can okay, so you're setting up. the so you're setting the over under at sixty four. I I think I think Katron Allen or Nick Singleton will break a least a sixty five yard touchdown on Saturday. Okay, so over under sixty five. You got over. I've got under. Yeah. All right. That'll work. I I think, dude. The last two weeks they have been a shoestring tackle away from house calls this. And oh, absolutely. In the backfield. So I think this is the week where they just start stretching their legs. And Illinois has shown they can sometimes stop the run, but I don't think they can stop the run 
I don't think I think one of them is going to break one on Saturday. They're prime for one. It's, they're, it's time. Yeah, Illinois. They're very very vulnerable, um, and I think that's it. That's an issue um, for them. Obviously, for Penn State, that's something to take advantage of. But the beauty now is you now that there are two games of film on Drew Aller, you're not selling out to make the the quarterback beat you. You've got to be aware of what Aller is doing. You've got to be aware of what Catron Allen, Nick Singleton, the tight ends still haven't gotten heavily involved yet. Um, and, you know, Keandre Lambert Smith is starting to, to come along really nicely as a number one receiver. So there are so many different um, areas that this Penn State offense comes right at you with. And I think when that happens, that's not a good situation for an Illinois defense that struggled early, so far this year. No, and Penn State's length of tight end is going to help them because they can stay in those two tight end formations and spread out Warren and Theo Johnson. So they can get to a spread look while still having a heavy heavy lineup out there. So Illinois is going to be absolutely confused because I 100% Warren and John, trust Warren and Johnson in the slot to be a pass catcher. So do you, is, is Illinois going to go nickel or dime to defend that with Singleton in the backfield? I mean, it's... Penn State can throw the house at them on Saturday, and its I don't think it's going to be pretty at all. So Penn State is going to have some prime opportunities to get their defense in some vulnerable situations. Yeah, and I think that's that's an issue. Um, you know, you look at the Big Ten, and you look at where Penn State is a complete mismatch, and we, we talked about the running game. You know, they're number one in the Big Ten right now. They're 15th in the country. Um, then you look at the rushing defense, they're – I mean, Illinois is giving up 224 um, yards a game, and, and that's <laughs> they are 14th in the in the conference of 14. You know, since Penn, since the Big Ten hasn't quite expanded yet, so fight that mismatch. But then Aller can beat you over the top, and you know against WVU, which is a significantly better team than Delaware. Don't get me wrong, Delaware for their level was very good, but for for West Virginia, who beat Duquesne. Um, it's always good when Duquesne loses. As a Robert Morris guy, not a big fan of the Dukes. Um, that's one of our big rivals. I haven't seen them step foot on a on a basketball court in a while. Um, everybody's afraid to play Robert Morris, I guess. Uh, Pittsburgh teams are just afraid to play each other, which is very, very frustrating. That's a podcast for another day. But And Pennsylvania teams. Yeah, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but you've got uh, – they had the West Virginia secondary – on its heels most of the game. So, you know, and, and that's also the hard thing to read about the Penn State offense. Drew Aller has yet to play a full game. So we don't know quite what his potential can fully be, but we know the ceiling is very, very high and it keeps getting higher. But again, it's a road game for the eighth straight year, 13th time in the last 14 years. Um, it's just one of those situations now you know, Penn State's 18 and 12 overall in Big Ten openers. Um, the Big Ten road openers, I should say. So I think they get win number 19 uh, against Illinois on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, I believe uh, Bielema is worried about the Penn State skill position players. Um, he mentioned just how frightening they are. But also, uh, Illinois' offensive coordinator, his name escapes me at this time, called drew aller pretty this week so yeah i think that's taken out of context i mean he he i think he did say pretty arm pretty like yeah yeah, yeah he was so he was using the word pretty 
Um, and that leads me to uh, how pretty of a win will this be or how ugly of a loss will this be for Illinois? I have Illinois scoring about 13 points. I think it's going to be around 45 to 48 to 13. You want to, can you actually specify that? Cause you're really close to what I have. Uh, 48 to 13. I have 45 to 13 and I could prove it to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well, luckily we're not going on the score. Yeah, we're not going, we're not going there. I think that one's too tight. 100% not scripted. If you're, if you're listening to this, we do not talk score predictions before, before we record. So yeah, I think, but we're, Oh, let's set the stage for the weather. Uh, 76 partly cloudy moving to sunny as the game progresses 5% chance of rain and six mile an hour wind. So some perfect mid September weather in Illinois. And in the Midwest, you're that's going to stay pretty true. Um, because in central PA weather is super hard to predict. Um, that game on Saturday was supposed to have a bunch of weather and that didn't happen until after the game. So it was hot. It was humid. I was sweating bullets in a press box. Um, and they were, it was, there were some pretty, pretty good amount of people getting fried in the stands as far as sun and heat and, and all that. So I think in the Midwest, things are a little bit truer. Um, do have to worry about the occasional tornado, but I don't know that that's going to be an issue in Champaign on Saturday. Usually but... tornadoes with six mile an hour winds are not very threatening. Yeah. Um, they might blow a few leaves around if there is one. Uh, if there's caveat, a cow, it'll be a little different. A little caveat to the weather forecast. We are recording this on Tuesday due to my travel schedule. This will come out Thursday morning. So if you're listening to this and all of a sudden it says 40% chance of rain, don't blame us. Blame my travel schedule. Uh, some gambling Blame the notes. meteorologist that got wrong. Yeah, he got it wrong five days out. It's all his fault. Um, another just a game note, uh gambling currently Penn State 14 and a half point favorites with an over under of 48 and a half. So Jared and I are both on Penn State 14 and a half and slamming the over uh, just by Penn State score itself. Or pretty close to Penn State score itself. So hey, I mean we, we gotta take what you what you get, right? But we're gonna talk a little bit more about things around the Big Ten when we come back here on the Lashing Out Podcast and in the Sports Down Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and in the Sports Down Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Kevin, let's talk Top 25 before we get to the Big Ten, because there aren't very many Big Ten teams in the top 25. I know I'm throwing you a curveball. Um, we, tonight, since this is going to be starting on Thursday, um, we get Bethune, Cookman, and Miami, Battle of South 305. Beach. That's Bethune? right. 305? I'm not 100% sure. I think it's 305. I think that's what Pitbull tells us. Um, but you have Penn State, who is held strong at 7. Um Again, these rankings right now don't matter um, in the grand scheme of things. What matters is the college football playoff rankings. Um, ultimately, those are those are the important thing. Like like Florida State at number three, I don't think that's historically accurate. I think it's pretty damn close. I mean, they're a good team, but I don't know that they're the number three ranked team. Though the other teams haven't quite impressed either. Um, they, they have Boston College. LSU gets Mississippi State, which is a competent SEC game. Kansas State, number 15, and Missouri. Weber State in Utah. Central, uh, yeah, Notre Dame gets a directional Michigan at 2.30 on Peacock. South Carolina, Georgia. That 
preseason, I think, had the makings to be a pretty solid game. Uh, you've got Alabama, number 10, since they, since they lost to Texas, which is baffling. And they're playing on the road. They're playing a non-conference game on the road, Kevin. What? On the road in Tampa. That's right. South Florida. Tom be in attendance. San Diego State. No, he's too busy getting ready for the Jets. Um, number 16, Oregon State. Uh, Oklahoma, number 19, at Tulsa. That is a weird that like, at Tulsa. That is that a neutral site game? That's uh, no. Chapman Stadium in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Good for good for Tulsa. The next matchup, um, Minnesota, North Carolina. That's an intriguing game. Yeah, Drake May, man, and and they have all these. Um, and North Carolina has made some waves, man. And I love that Mac Brown came out and put the NCAA on blast. Um, say and and I listen. I, I don't necessarily agree with the portal in certain situations, but Tez Walker's situation is 100% why the portal is there. Like yeah. That is, that, that is the, the perfect picture of why the portal is important. This dude's mental health wasn't okay. He wanted to transfer closer to home. His grandmother is sick. He wants her to be able to, to, to see him play. And then he's on the sidelines. Meanwhile, JT Daniels is on his 16th team in eight seasons. Like, like it's like that's the and then the NCAA came out on Tuesday and said about, well, you guys asked for this. No, that is not what they asked for. That is they want regulations, they want limitations, but this is a strictly different reason than anything that the NCAA is even trying to get involved in. Not only that, he didn't even play at his first school. He was a freshman in 2020 and they made him and he sat out the COVID year. I got, I don't know if his school didn't play or he just sat out. So it's not even like he played. Right. Like JT Daniels has played for the entire power started five. For it most seems. Of the, yeah. So um, like, that's, that's my issue with it. And like, I love that Mark Mac Brown came out and went scorched earth and he's absolutely right in what he said. Yeah. And if you don't, and you, if you haven't read what Mac Brown has said, please look it up. It is well worth however long it takes you to read. But yeah, that game I think is is very intriguing, and I think that, that for Minnesota that's a big game, solely because it's at North Carolina. But going three and zero for Minnesota, I think is 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 a big step for for PJ Fleck, and then they start Big Ten play with Northwestern right after that. So that I think is going to be a big thing um, for them moving forward. Um, then you've uh, got... intriguing that the 20th ranked team in the country is only a seven and a half point favorite over in Minnesota. Yeah, it didn't look great against Appalachian State, but nobody ever night, does. That's a night game in state rivalry, like that has everything yeah. the chance to be bitter. Uh, I would think North Carolina would get at least 12 or 13 over Minnesota, but and just the way everybody likes it drawn up, or at least the way I like it drawn up, Duke is behind North Carolina, they're at number 21. They have Northwestern in a battle of brains. You've it's got an direction. ACCC challenge. Yeah, right. You got to actually that might not be a bad matchup. Um, then you've got Iowa and Michigan, Western Michigan. I love the fact that there's a clause in Brian Ferencz's contract that he has to average over 24 points a game, and he hasn't. He's sniffed it once. I think he had 23 and then 20, <laughs> and that is so Iowa. That is so on brand. Uh, directional Kentucky, Western Kentucky at Ohio State. Um, Washington against Michigan State. Um, we're going to come back to Michigan State, uh, North Co- Northern Colorado, or North Colorado against Washington State, um, NC Central. Like, is that the South Central <laughs> Louisiana Mud Dogs? 
um, against UCLA, number 24. <laughs> Tennessee, Florida is a good matchup. Florida laid an egg against Utah, but I think overall they have a better team than people give them credit for. That is in the swamp. That's a tough one. Um, Bowling Green against Michigan. Uh, that's about there. Uh, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, Wyoming, Texas. On the Longhorn Network. Or, or, yeah, or, or is Texas back? I don't know. Is Alabama down? More at 11. Um, Hawaii and Oregon, and then Colorado State and Colorado. And so let's take – actually, this perfect segue into Michigan State. Um, former Colorado coach, I believe, Mel Tucker. Um, I believe he's at Colorado. Was he at Colorado or Colorado State? I'm, Hell if I know. You're asking the wrong person. Let's look real quick. Come on, Kevin. But keep, keep on going. Um, but let's talk prime Colorado, time again. Colorado 2019. I got yeah, right. So he was only there for one year, right? So this is the perfect way to come in and do things for for Deion Sanders. If you ever have a chance to listen to some of his pregame speeches, now do I agree that everything is personal? No. Like I feel like if I would have looked if I looked at this guy out of the corner of my eye the wrong way, he's gonna take it personal and just beat my ass. But he is doing everything right. He is doing this is Deion Sanders we're talking about. Sure as hell not talking about Mel Tucker doing anything right um whatsoever. But he comes out and he gets in. He he invested himself in the Jackson State program, at the HBCU. Goes to Colorado and just turns the culture around. And the biggest thing is he believes in his players. If you believe and people know that you believe, people will run through brick walls. And he has got the whole nation believing in Colorado football. They haven't believed this much in Colorado football since Cordell Stewart was slashing it up there. But that I, I love that he's got fans on board. He's got boosters on board. Colorado, they they. He's got honest, ESPN on board. Oh my God, Fox is the big Fox, news dude. There. The herd, the herd is like knob gobbling that dude. Yeah, and it, and it's great. Like it is great for college football because he's doing it the right way. He is building it. He is uh, what seems to be genuine. And yeah, listen, he went out, and and this is going to change coaching. Number one, this is I think how you handle it. You go out there and you build your program, you market your program, and I think that's incredible. The, the, but he went through the portal. Coach these guys up, and they're winning games. Now, granted, the, it gets harder for them coming up, but that's, you know, the important thing. Now, on the flip side, the former Colorado coach, he was there for one year, bolted for Michigan State, got an insane, insane amount of money in his in a contract after getting having one good year at Michigan State, Mel Tucker. Um if you don't know, Mel Tucker is currently on administrative leave from the university or suspension, however you want to put it, and he's not ever coaching there again. Um, had misconduct and and just not okay things with um somebody that is supposed to be that is her cause is about consent and and not doing things like this. But the fumble here, yeah, say whatever. The morality of it is, you know, he bolts from one school, then goes there. Wants to claim to be this guy, he is not. Um, gets paid, but Michigan State, man, that's it. This is there are probably three schools that you can't fumble a situation like this. Penn State is one of them. Baylor and and Michigan State, and they fumbled this yet again. Like they, are, the the investigation was happening in two thousand or happening in July, and it's September now. This guy shouldn't have coached at all in training camp in the in the beginning of the season, whether he's guilty or not. Yeah, I, I found it really curious that I think the investigation is over. I don't know. 
But the fact that they set the hearing specifically for Michigan State's bye week, it seems really fishy. And I think this will launch an NCAA investigation, if, which is if just what are, we all need. If you are a higher education institution, you have to be hyper aware of this type of stuff. And if you're not and you're at Michigan State and you're not hyper aware of this, that whole administration should be canned. Like yeah. this is this is more than just Mel Tucker having phone sex with somebody. He says it's consensual. She, she says it's a he said, she said. The point of the matter is if there was any beyond reasonable doubt that anything could have happened, if you're Michigan State, you have to come out and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take a step back. You're going to be suspended with leave or whatever. But the beauty of this is, Number one, the timing. I don't know that players will be able to enter the portal. No. Number two, because if they did, it's a free-for-all. They can go wherever they want play immediately. But but they won't have to pay a $70 million buyout. Yeah. The, so I, I don't want to accuse Michigan State of doing anything fishy. I'm going to make that clear. But it is really fishy that the hearing conclusion meeting is set on Michigan State's football bye week. That's Super fishy to me. We'll see what comes of it, but the timing sucks. The timing yeah. sucks, but it's, but it's my really issue curious with Michigan time. is they came out and said, "Oh, well, we just found out about this." No, you didn't. You no, had they to knew it in July. They knew the, knew the investigation started. And if he July. didn't report this to his superior that they was getting investigated, that's on him, and that's even worse. Yeah, and if you're Michigan State, uh, he's proven not to be able to really lead this program. They had the fight against Michigan last year. It's just, just out of the world and then players are getting charged with assault for on-field incidents, all this other stuff. And you're assigned him to a 10 by 10 contract. And it seems like you're going to get out of it after two weeks of two weeks of year three. So I I think it's good for, it's probably good net benefit for the athletics department. But um, if any of these allegations are true, I hope he never coaches again. Screw winning the lottery, be a high profile coach, have one good year and suck and then get paid. Charlie Weiss playing, Mel Tucker playing. Like, what's I mean, that would be perfect. But Kevin, we have not struck the lottery. We have not got our our Charlie Weiss get rich quick plan yet. We're getting there. I, I I feel it. I can feel it. Although that could be the rain in the air. Um, but that's all we have for this week. We both have Penn State winning big against Illinois. We'll talk to you again. Where maybe I will actually make an appearance on the post game podcast. Um for the first time all season. Hey, now that would be yeah, right. That'd be welcome. Yeah. Everything's kind of just gone haywire whenever we're supposed to record, you know, it's hard lining up three different schedules. That's how the cookie crumbles, man. But for Kevin quickly, this has been Jared Prugar on the Nittany sports down network. We thank you as always for tuning in to the lashing out podcast.